From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm Andy Ross, and this is a special hour-long episode of Craft. The program today features a plethora of talented creatives. We'll hear from writer Augustin Burroughs about his newest memoir, Lust and Wonder. Local band Honey and Blue join us to discuss their influences and humble beginnings. Doug Dangler then speaks with thriller novelist Steve Barry. Humorist and writer Samantha Tucker shares her personal insights on feminism with an original essay. And finally, we'll hear from Tracy Chevalier about her newest novel, At the Edge of the Orchard, which hits a little close to home. Literally. Stay tuned for all of this only on Craft, Exploring Creativity. I'm your special guest host, Samantha Tucker. Thanks to Doug Dangler for trusting me not to freak out while talking with Augustin Burroughs, prolific memoirist, screenplay writer, and transcendent photographer. Um, Augustin has a new book coming out this month, Lust and Wonder. Welcome to Craft, Augustin Burroughs. How are you today? Hi, Samantha. Thank you. I'm doing great. I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about your new book? Um, Well, the new book is called Lust and Wonder, and it's a memoir. Uh, And it follows my statement a couple of years ago when I had released my previous book, uh, This Is How, that I'm not going to write any more books about myself, probably. (laughs) So I thought I'd write a novel. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I did write a novel, and then I wrote another novel, and... I just, um, you know, I wasn't feeling it because there had been so much going on in my life, really, since um, since my memoir, Dry, which uh, was many years ago, and it was about my recovery and experience in alcoholism and advertising. And, um, you know, I, I got sober and sort of expecting my life to be pretty great, you know, and, and I've got the drinking out, everything should be perfect now. And, of course, everything was not perfect everything was incredibly complicated and I was in a relationship that on paper I thought was really good for me and that this should make me happy and this is what I should want. Alas, I was in love with someone else. I was not happy and, you know, my life kind of exploded out of control and um, and ended up being in a really great place. So it's, you know, I personally kind of think of it as the third um, in what now appears in retrospect to be a trilogy that began with Running With Scissors, the okay. story of growing up with my parents' uh, insane psychiatrist in Western Massachusetts and being raised you know, outside the norms of the society with, with no education, no school, no sort of sane adults in my orbit. And then I followed that with Dry about being an alcoholic, like I said, and dealing with, you know, how to be sober in uh, business advertising in this case that, you know, was really sort of very extreme and manic depressive and now uh, lust and wonder. And it's, um, you know, I also think of lust and wonder as a love story because at the heart of it is um, the relationship that took me a long, long, long time to come around to and accept, you know, the feelings that I'd had for this person all along. So I really like this idea of a trilogy, and a lot of your work is nonfiction. Do you ever feel like going through the process of writing these novels, too, and feeling like you're not quite doing the thing that is your wheelhouse, I guess? Do you worry that you're going to run out of ways to mine your life experience and these, these very rich and traumatic things that have happened to you? Do you think that you'll continue writing about your personal life? You know, I've been asked that question um, many times before, and it... it it's odd because it does seem like, you know, well, when are you going to, when are you going to stop? And there's a part of me that does want a life that doesn't really warrant yet another memoir. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that just <laughs> Is that a boring a life? <laughs> I attract. I'm like, you know, I've got some sort of magnetic material in my forehead. I seem to attract, you know, disaster or conflict. Or, <laughs> but part of it, too, is that, you know, writing is really how I've trained myself. And I've been writing since I was, you know, uh, very, very young in the single digits. And writing is just how I have trained myself over the many, many, many years to know what I'm feeling. And I don't, I don't write with sort of an audience in mind. And I've never written to be published. It was just, in fact, my first book, the very first book I ever wrote was my one and only novel called Cellivision. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, I found an agency, an agent and then a, a publisher for it, I kind of thought, well, I don't have another novel idea. Mm-hmm. But I gave my agent what I did have, which was a journal that I'd written when I was in, in recovery yeah. uh, and had come out of rehab. And he said, you know, well, why didn't you give me this first? <laughs> and that's really what launched my my career as a memoirist, because I do all my sort of thinking about myself and my life and my exploring myself and my life. I do that on paper. And it's just a side effect yeah. of that sort of journey of self-discovery that the uh, the paper trail left behind has been interesting to people, has been relevant to their own lives. I mean, can you discuss your urge towards humorous writing while all these subject matters we're talking about in your memoirs are traumatic or about you overcoming a troubled childhood or, or mental health issues or things like that? I mean, how how are you able to take such difficult subject matter and make it so funny? I mean, you've been well, called I mean, one it, of the it, funniest people in America. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. It's true that, you know, a lot of the subject matter I write about isn't funny. I mean, child molestation is not inherently funny. No. And on the surface of it, you'd think, well, you know, a little boy being molested by their psychiatrist's patient, that's, there's no humor there. You know, don't, don't go there. Mm-hmm. But I do go there because I went there as a young person and humor was what sort of kept me sane. Um, you know, you can, humor can, I think, be used sort of as, a, as a, a way to float yourself from one sort of tumultuous sea of chaos to a sort of calmer lagoon, if you will. I mean, that's probably <laughs> a terrible metaphor. Yeah. But it's, it's what you can do if, you, if, if, all, if everything around you is just, uh, if there's a lot of upset, a lot of chaos or a lot of heartbreak around you. I mean, it's true that sometimes things in one's life can just be so darn awful that you have to either, you know, climb into bed and never climb out, or you've got to laugh at your situation. And I've always been, um, I've always been one to see the absurdity in my situation. Now, mm-hmm. that, it's interesting, too, because when I'm writing uh, the books that are later called funny, I'm not always, you know, I'm not sitting there laughing myself when I'm writing. Sure. It just, it's not, and I don't try to be funny. It just... It comes out the way it comes out, and You're just in retrospect, I can naturally look at it. hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes at the time, I, I, I'm I'm very serious about something. Mm-hmm, if I'm mm-hmm. being particularly, you know, I've got a streak of I'm like sort of a catastrophist. You know, I can be, and that follows me around like my shadow. You know, I'm always prepared for sort of the next awful thing that's going to happen. If I turn the sink on in the kitchen, my next thought is immediately, is the pipe leaking underneath? Am I going to have a flood? <laughs> and at the time, of course, it's this big stressful thing for me. Uh-huh. And in retrospect, I can myself laugh at the absurdity of it. But, uh-huh. you know, capturing all those thoughts sort of in real time as someone who daily writes about his life um, is part of where I sort of capture the humor when before I even realize it's funny. 
I can't help but wonder if that's why you are so successful because you take up that agency in your own life. Do you want to add anything else about Lust and Wonder? Um, no, I just hope people pick it up and, and go, for the, go for the ride okay. and enjoy the journey. It's, it's, I, put a lot of, I put a lot into the book, and I think that it's, it's a lot. It's, you know, I haven't written a book like this for years, and it's sort of, you know, if you like running with scissors and you like to draw, I think you're going to love Lust and Wonder. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Augustine Burroughs. I hope you have a great day up in Connecticut with your dogs. As loyal listeners of WCBE, you count on this station to bring you great programming like All Things Considered, A Prairie Home Companion, Afropop Worldwide, Car Talk, Blue Collar, American Roots, Live from Studio A, Midnight Audio Theater, and a host of other great shows. So won't you take this moment right now to call WCBE 90.5 and donate or go to WCBE.org and make a donation. Who knows, if enough people donate, maybe Dan will take Kraft off the air for good and finally start airing some things that will keep people entertained. It's all up to you, the loyal listeners of WCBE, who can make that difference by making a donation to this station and supporting the great programming that you've come to expect and programming like this. So please, donate to WCBE, donate early, donate often during their fun drive. Thanks. Stephanie Amber and Adam Darling are the founding members of local band Honey and Blue, and they're here today in the studio to talk to me about some of the songs that they've been writing and their progress. So welcome to Craft, Stephanie and Adam. Well, thank you for having us, Doug. Well, let's start off with uh, what got you on this pathway to being singer-songwriters, to uh, getting out and bringing your music to the people. I've always had a love of music, and I actually started music in theater. Um, my mother would kind of shuffle me around to different local community theater things, and I just was obsessed throughout um, my whole high school career. And I actually um, I left college early so I could pursue writing my own music, and I went to L.A., and that's where I met this uh, handsome devil next to me. And she's pointing at uh, Adam, not, <laughs> not me. We did not meet there, and I've never been called a handsome devil. So, how were you in uh, L.A. then, Adam? What was your pathway to this? Um, well, I um, I grew up in uh, Columbus. Here we are, and uh, and went to Ohio State, and ended up at the end. I sort of had this this goal of moving to uh, either New York or Los Angeles after I was done with school. My mom wanted me to finish college, so I. I was a good boy and did that and um, decided L.A. was the place for me. I visited with a good buddy, and it was warm and beautiful and followed my dreams out there. And Just uh, like Columbus, warm, beautiful indeed, all indeed, the time? Okay. Indeed, yeah. D- just lived the life of uh, struggle and passion and, and lots of different things for many years. And um, did a, I was a, a solo artist primarily for, for many years, writing my own songs, and then in the last few years of being there, met met Stephanie, and we just clicked immediately and just started talking about writing songs, and uh, for me, it was an, a new avenue to write with somebody else and trust somebody else with that process for me, so it's been... Uh, Rainbows and butterflies ever since. <laughs> oh, is that uh, exactly. also rainbows, rainbows and butterflies? And butterflies. Right. Every moment. <laughs> so tell me about that songwriting process. How do you do it? What is your process for creating uh, a new song? Uh, I think it's it's different every single song. Like sometimes um, Adam and I will be sitting in a room and he'll play some random little guitar lick that he's like, oh, this sounds kind of cool. 
and I'll just freak out and become obsessed with it and just sit down in a room and, and start writing lyrics for it and we'll come together. Or he'll have a really cool idea of something, um, a general vague idea, and we'll start to flesh it out. Or I'll have lyrics and a melody and nothing else whatsoever. Um, so that's been kind of cool. Every every song, I feel like our musical babies have been so different. Every single one of them. Okay. Do you refer to them that way? My music babies. <laughs> I have to go feed them. <laughs> only only she does. I, uh, I'm the weird I just one. call them songs. But so, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, for me, I think it's been. Uh, first off, I, I love that the show is called Craft, and and uh, you know, for me, I had a, I had a friend early on in my music. Uh, writing stage where he he said songwriting is a craft embrace the craft study it and i was able to uh i didn't want to hear it at first i thought it was just all about just inspiration and whatever happened happened um but the more i dove into sort of the consistency of figuring out what makes a good song and and the consistency of working even though i don't feel like it you know you never know what's going to happen um from a from a music standpoint from a from a melodic standpoint or vocal standpoint so just i think putting in that time and and uh being open to to the experience and uh, it sounds cheesy but you just you don't have control over it. it it just happens and then you trust when when you think something fits your own voice you guys are really active on youtube which i found interesting because there's you know your as sort of starting out or at the, you know the beginning of your career because you just released your first album last September is that right mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah. so you're you know you're mixing the music and the visuals with it which I think is uh, you're probably doing sort of by yourselves at this point and I noticed that you had a video uh, called stranger in your arms and it's a series of black and white images of the two of you so tell me about making um, that video for this song and uh, because it, it's got lyrics like stranger in your arms just crawled into bed god it's late your skin is on my mind baby your lips i still taste and this is why by the way what i just did is why i'm not a singer um so a poet, you know though. to take take some license with that and imagine that it sounds really nice in a in a different voice but tell me about creating that video and what the choice was we're going to do these black and white images as a that you know sort of do the ken burns thing where you go from image to image to image and how that worked for you uh to back up the lyrics to this song well we had um we 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 met some very talented uh photographers sam and tom robbins and um we we had already done the for me to you video and for stranger in your arms we wanted sort of to pull in try and at least attempt to pull in sort of the intimacy of the song and um, what uh, we figured what better way than to take these these two talented photographers and try and capture sort of visually what would be going on in the song anyway uh, instead of trying to act out a video or different things like that just almost kind of slow the pace and let the, the photos speak for themselves crawled in the bed God is late Skin on my mind, baby. The lips I still taste. My heart's such a mess. Got carried away. I fell out of love.
all these different ideas of what we wanted the video to be like, and at the end of it, we just wanted to have this kind of subtlety of telling the story and a, almost a subtle sexiness to it and not something that's really in your face, which I think a lot of videos can do, but this was, we kind of wanted it to be a little more throwback and a little more intimate. Mm -hmm. I think, I'm, I'm proud of of how it came out. Who are your your influences as you were coming up? Uh, you've you've done covers for people, but when you were first starting out, what were the people that really uh, made you think that's something that I want to do? Well, actually, we were Adam and I were literally just talking about like our biggest influences. And when I was a kid, listening to I listened to a lot of Motown with my mom and dad, and a lot of doo-wop with my with my uncle Bert. Um, so those were the biggest influences to me, like Aretha and Etta. Like you just you hear those women and you're like, I want to do that. I want to make people feel that. And the Beatles were a huge influence for me because I just listened to their songs and they are, you know, we were talking about storytelling earlier. They're the greatest storytellers. You know, you are transformed or going somewhere else with them. So it's awesome. Kudos to her family for exposing her to that stuff. I think it's <laughs> it's super rad and um uh, for me, I, I my first musical memories, as funny as it'll sound, were, were Michael Jackson and Huey Lewis in the news, like just the you know two sort of random things. And then uh, it wasn't until I was around twelve, I discovered Soundgarden and Chris Cornell, still one of my favorites. And um, and then my dad, when I picked up the guitar, got me BB uh, King and and Eric Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And from there, it's just been this. Uh, sort of like just delving more and more in, into soul and blues and 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 trying to express that in in my own voice and in our own voice so and and also taking there's a lot of pop stuff that I really enjoy and trying to meld those two together so as you're writing songs are there times you say oh this is too much like x I need to do something different with it um, and you maybe move away from, or maybe you're drawn to something because you said, you know what I'd really like to do is write something that will allow me to have a B.B. King solo in the middle. Do those, what you have in the, your background ever really come to the foreground for you and say, that's something I'd like to experiment with in a song? Uh, I, th I think for me it's always, you, I have my influences, and I think everybody has their influences, but just whatever comes out, if if I'm honest and and she's honest, whatever comes out of me is just going to be me. It's not. I'm not going to. I'm never going to sound like BB King. I don't have to worry about that. Um, I I would love that if I could. Um, so I think it's just a matter of once again just trusting that idea of the song. And if the song is good, then we can the production or or the guitar solos or the arrangement around it. We can sort of tailor to to different angles. But it it starts with the song and trusting that idea. So. Uh, I think, for me, I, I have those vo the voices of all of these great artists in my head. Um, I don't know if it's it's happening, and I notice it until the very end of it. Um, I've I have noticed um, the the album that we just released versus now. I mean, I I can really feel like I'm starting to open up, and I'm starting to allow myself to to really reach out towards the artists that have influenced me more versus I was a little more tentative with the first album, so I'm really excited. Tell me about the name Honey and Blue. Uh, I made a joke at the beginning uh, before I think we started recording that I thought one of you would be sweet and one of you would be depressed. Mm -hmm. That's not what you think right now. That's not, well, I don't know <laughs> now, uh, but what is the background for that? What led to, to that name? Was it just something you, you, somebody said and you said, uh, hey, that's a great name? 
like I said, um, I, I had been doing shows on my own for a long time, and then I met her, and I sort of had this monthly standing gig at a, at a place called The Good Hurt uh, in, in L.A., and one day I asked her to come up, and we had just written a couple songs together. This was before we got going, and I asked her to come up and sing them with me, and um, it, it went really well, and we were so excited about the songs, we figured, well, let's just, we need to come up with something, and then one of our friends that came out said that she, her voice sounded very much like honey or something. It was or, something or, like like honey on a hot summer, wait, honey ice cream on a hot summer day, I think. It's like something weird like that. Something weird. It's got to be weird. So, um, <laughs> and then it was just a matter of, of coming up with, well, if she if she embodies honey and what do I embody? So we had to, we had to figure out, and I think just from from the the contrast of influences, mm-hmm. um, we just came up with blue, and it's just kind of we're yeah. okay with it. Our it's, musical stylings are just so different, and I think I'm so happy with the name because it, it really is. He's always been drawn more to like a bluesy, soulful. You know, he's just this old spirit and. I've always been kind of drawn to. I mean, coming from theater, I'm a little more, <laughs> I'm a little more bubbly, a little more whimsical. So, it's just kind of the name stuck. Well, just so long as it isn't a reference to uh, the University of Michigan. Oh, absolutely Since, not. You know, you're here in Columbus. <laughs> just want to be clear, everybody. Let's that's not get not it twisted. Nothing about right. Michigan. Yeah, set the record Michigan. straight right now. So, I want to thank you very much, uh, Stephanie Amber and Adam Darling, for talking to me today about uh, the group Honey and Blue. And people can find out more information about you by going to honeyandblue.com. And uh, where you're gigging around town in Columbus, the events will be listed there, and people can go and see those, request uh, more CDs, things like that, demand that you finish uh, the current one, because there's nothing more helpful than uh, you know people demanding that you finish uh, Labors of Love quickly. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Thank you, Doug. Thank we you appreciate so it. We're, we're happy us. to be here. And you can check out the rest of my two-part special at crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative.